the sun in his eyes. Time is a bank account that keeps spending. The daylight savings stored in your iris that made things a little brighter. Something about you has me constantly chasing for the edge of the earth. I mean, I have never tried chasing the wind until you breeze past me one day. Golden and sweet like the honey you are, as wise and tall as a tree grounded within the earth. You, my dear, are just nature at its best. When I'm near you, my mind is an alphabet soup ready to spill over. I'm jumbled up inside. I can't seem to form the words. I feel like I'm playing Scrabble. It doesn't help when you look at me as if I'm a puzzle. And then your skin, the greatest fabric I have ever known, electrifying by touch so powerful, enough to not make me feel lonely. I beg you to touch me. I mean, your essence demands to be a poem. I find you living in between the lines, breathing life into each stanzas. It's the engine that keeps my pen going. It is with you I have learned how to translate the feelings of my heart. I felt for your warmth, and I often worry I'll get burnt by its fire. Thank you. Spoken Soul Sessions You ready, my man? With Poetic Black Ain't nothing holding me back but me And who's holding you but you, but you Check this out, man Spoken Soul Sessions Oh my God This is Spoken Soul Sessions With Poetic Black Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Bold stances and lewd advances got us here You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. Spoken Soul family, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. And today I am so excited. We have a treat for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I have this phenomenal artist in the building. But uh before we get into that, let me uh let me remind my audience of something. I hope I hope that you are on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anything or anyone to impede you from your progress. I hope you're focused on the goal. Today is the day we shine, and I need you to get in tune. Okay, family. Now, this this artist right here, I stumbled upon this artist. Actually, actually, it wasn't even a stumble. Somebody put me on to this artist. Good brother. I had him on the show, and um, I did an interview with him. Powerful brother. My brother, Orion Meadows. And um, powerful brother, man. And um, he hit me up. He's like, yo, Black, yo, is this sister right here, man? She's phenomenal, man. I think she'll be perfect. I mean, to get on your show. And I was like, oh, really? So I went doing my little researching and everything. And um, I stumbled upon a gem. Like this sister right here is phenomenal. She's absolutely phenomenal. But uh, let me give her the proper introduction she deserves. I'm talking about none other than Marcia Eastman. Born and raised on the south side of Chicago, Marcia, a.k.a. Go Find Mars. We're going to get into that name, though. But Go Find Mars is an actor, photographer, and a poet. Most often, her multidisciplinary storytelling explores themes such as identity, mental health, and spirituality. Marcia discovered joy in self-expression when she wrote her first poem at eight years old which would later be the foundation of her artistic development. 
In high school, she discovered that many roles, she, she discovered the many roles she could have as an artist. During the time Marcia became her school's newspaper lead photographer, a radio host apprentice, and an editor of a magazine entitled Spotlight. She also discovered her love for performance when she began to participate in Louder Than a Bomb, Chicago's largest youth poetry competition. She then became a spoken word artist and explored other avenues of performance, such as theater and dance. By 2014, she discovered her love for acting and eventually moved on to receive her B.A. in acting in 2020 from Columbia College, Chicago. As of now, she hopes to continue to expand as an artist. Spoken Soul family, without any further ado, I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session studio the lovely I mean, exquisite, go find Mars. Hey, thank you for having me. Most definite, Queen, most definite, man. I mean, I mean like, when I, I seen your work and uh, I caught a couple of interviews from you and, uh, you're phenomenal. You're phenomenal. My my brother, uh, Orion Meadows, he came and he told me, he's like, yo, yo, this sister right here, she's dope, man. And he sent me one of your performances, one of your live performances. And I was getting into the piece and I was like, yo, this sister, is, she's profound. So I want to get her on the show, man. And um, I caught the interview you did with um, my brother, William Washington, who also I had on the show. And... Um, Phenomenal interview, man. And uh you tore you tore the mic down with the pieces that you spit, man. And we won't get into all that because my audience is gonna kill me if I don't get into the number one question that I ask every artist that come on this stage. All right, to you, go find Mars. Why poetry? Why yes. spoken word? Uh why poetry, why spoken word? Um, honestly. Poetry has been always that friend that always has my back. Mm. And basically with that being said, I've always had it to help me with like my own therapy sessions and things like that. Now, granted, using it as that vehicle as like a therapist can be hard. But when I when I was at my lowest, I just picked up a pen and I wrote, mm. you know. Definitely. You got a, you got a, 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 like a style. Your style is, is, is very unique. It's something that I've never seen before. When I caught your interview with William Washington, I was like, the way you made your, your piece, it was like meld into like your conversation. Like you were starting a conversation and then you went right into the piece seamlessly and it gave such a feel, it like it, it really stood out to me. I was like, "Wow, this is is this deliberate?" And when I see him, he because he asked you about it, and it was deliberate. And I was like, "Wow, this is this is crazy." When it comes to stage presence and performance, I was like, "Wow, why did not think of that?" Like that's a dope. It's a dope little nuance to how you perform, and something that's really indicative to you. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you in poetry you know when was the first time you wrote a poem um i was writing a poem before i even know i was writing a poem to be honest mm. uh, i remember the first title too it was called like blessed for less or something like <laughs> blessed for less i still remember my first poem i still Really? Yeah, I, I definitely, I still remember. Well, not my very first poem I wrote, but the very first spoken word mm -hmm. poem I wrote, like designed for spoken word to be performed. I remember that poem. <laughs> I remember my first spoken word one too, honestly. Mm. Um, but the very first one was blessed for less. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was like, a self-realization that I was poor growing mm. up, oddly, 
I had other reminders later, but like, it was just like, too, like, I was reading a whole bunch of Dr. Seuss when I was, you know, a kid. Mm. <laughs> it just rubbed off on me. And I had a lot to say because I didn't, you know, I couldn't really express it all um, in the environment that I was in. Mm. So I used to just write it. Mm. And you write from a, a really deep perspective. Like, I found what I seen with the poetry that I found that you have online. Uh, you're very passionate. And your pieces are more conversational, more so of a soliloquy, you know. And it's like the 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 imagery that you use in your poetry is very, very lucid. You know, it's like almost you can really see you're trying like like you you almost can see what you're trying to express and um i think it's phenomenal man i think it's phenomenal so how long would you say that you've been writing as a as a a self-realized poet not before you was a poet but like when you say yo i'm a poet Mm, i want to say about mm, i do some math i think it's been 10 years now Mm. um I used to write short stories on top of that. Um, and on the side, I used to write poetry on uh, this website called Wattpad, actually. Mm. Um, Loki is still up there. I forgot my username. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to um, share my work through that avenue and stuff. Mm. So about 10 years. I mean, wow, it's like it's phenomenal, man. You have you have a you have an exquisite pen. You know, like some people when you they you can tell their type of style of poetry. But uh what I get from you is that you're very passionate. And we're gonna give my audience a chance to uh get acclimated to what you do as an artist. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set the stage for your first piece. We're going to stagger these pieces a little bit. We're going, you know what I'm saying? You spit a piece, we talk about it. And, uh, you know, but let's let's set the stage. Let the audience get acclimated to who you are as an artist. I played a, a, a piece in the beginning of the show that was by Go Find Mars. And uh, you, you get a little taste of how passionate she is with her, with her poetry. And uh, let's bring you to the stage. Come into the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for Go Find Mars. We liked catching the orange creamsicle sun as it melted away from our view. Soon deep blues, hues surrounded us. Then there's just lust and us street lights flashing and passing our and the seats, windows open with a heavy breeze kissing my scalp. And whoops, there goes my mind being blown away. On Lakeshore Drive, we chased the moon. We never knew we could fly so high. Basilius, we crashed. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see what I mean? Do you see how lucid, how lucid that poem was? Very short, but very impactful. Tell us a little bit about that piece. What inspired that piece? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to share the parts that I'm willing to. Um, I've been in different situations with people. Um And I was reflecting on a time where, uh, you know, when everything's all good and you're having a good time with another person and then all of a sudden you actually have like a feeling and it hurts. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to put it. (laughs) And um, I, I just found myself in those situations and it felt like, I don't know. It felt great, but then it never went the way I wanted to mm-hmm. on top of like, for example, being intoxicated or under the influence and stuff like that before you wake up and realize it wasn't, you know, what mm-hmm. type of situation you're not supposed to be in. 
Indeed. Or a situationship, as people may call it. <laughs> mm. So that 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 right there was one of the the things that inspired that that particular piece. I mean yeah. that that person had a had an impact. You know what I mean? Because the imagery that you gave in that piece, it was like whoa. You know what I mean? It's like it's descriptions like so serene and um beautiful though. You know, so the, the impact, even though the situation may may have been the situationship, but the 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 interaction was meaningful. You can tell from the words you use to describe it. I mean, wow, profound, man. Now, when you write, like, how do you approach your how do you approach your poetry? Like, do you just be sitting there and be like, oh, I'm thinking about this this lost love, and uh, let me just write a poem, or is it is it something that affects you, or something that happens that that push you to your pen? Um, I've approached it in a lot of ways, a lot. Um. I used to just pour and pour out no reason at all. And how a poem would come out of it throughout my like journal entries and stuff. And I'll go back and look at my journal entries and be like, oh, wait, that was a whole poem right there. Mm, exactly. <laughs> sometimes I will just, you know, intentionally sit down and be like, I'm going to write a poem. So sometimes I might ask myself a question like, what was I doing? X, Y, and Z day. Mm. And those would be my answers for I'll approach a piece like I'm talking to a loved one that I can't fully express to. So, mm. Wow, man. Profound, man. I really love the way I, I, I'm becoming more of a fan of your pen every time I hear you. You know, you have those artists that, that leaves an impact when you hear them, like some artists, every, every artist is not the same. So some people you hear like, Oh, that was a nice poem or whatever the case may be. And then other people you hear the way they deliver their, their work, it leaves in uh, like a stain or, or an impact or an impression that stays with you. Like I've heard artists that I'll be thinking about their poetry for days. I'm like, yo, damn man. Yo, she said, what? You know, and, and and ponder on it, you know, and then there's other poets that you listen to and be like, all right, that was a nice poem. But uh, you're definitely one of those impactful poets. Every time I hear you spit from the very first time, you know, it all it only increased my my eagerness to want to hear you more. So uh, definitely, man, you, you are on something uh, phenomenal. Now, let me ask you, do you have any work that's out there? Do you have any like a CD books, anything of that nature? Or are you one of those artists that's just stingy and you just going to keep it all to yourself? I just want to know. <laughs> um, I don't want to call myself stingy. Mm. I wouldn't use that word. <laughs> um, more like selective. <laughs> mm, I feel you. I feel you. But um, I don't have any workout yet. Mm, yet. That's right. I'm working on that. Mm. I will be having workout hopefully sometime next year. Mm. Um, I have been in the process of actually like reinventing myself as an artist. Okay. So that's kind of been where I'm heading and I'm slowly trusting my voice more. So now I feel a little bit more confident about actually putting work out and stuff like that. Mm. I feel you. I feel you because you're, you're profound. And, I, and I'm going to give you an open an open invitation. When you do put your project out, like come to the Spoken Soul Session show and debut it. And we'll do a debut, whether it's a book, whether it's a CD, uh, whatever type of project, you know, or if you even have any acting projects coming up, because ladies and gentlemen, Go Find Mars is an actor, an actress as well. So she has many different talents, man. And, uh, and I like to see that she implements these different things that she do in her poetry. You know, when um when I watch you perform, the the way that you immerse yourself into a particular character or a particular situation or mood, because it, it's definitely a transformation. Hearing you speak and then you go into a poem and your voice gets it it, it changes a little bit. The sincerity comes out. It's like you're in the moment as though you're actually talking to the person. I like to I like to say like I call it conjuring. 
you know, when you write a piece, mm-hmm. when you write a piece and then you try to conjure that same emotion that you had when you wrote it. And it's not easy to do, you know? I, that's a good word. Um, well, I, I don't use that word, but maybe a synonym of that. Mm. I like thinking and thinking of uh, channeling. Mm. Um, even with like my acting or photography, whatever it may be that I'm trying to approach. If I know that I'm not, for example, if I know I'm not confident, I'm going to channel a version of myself that I would think would be ideal for the situation, or I'm going to channel this character for this role. Mm. I'm going to do little things that will prepare me for that or whatever it may be, or if I'm writing the a piece in the perspective of a, I don't know, a rainstorm, for example, I'm going to channel that, mm. you know? So that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. That, see, that's, it's deep because uh, I, I notice it, you know what I mean? Like I really notice it and I'm paying attention to your art and like certain artists, they don't do that. You have an artist that may have a nice wordplay. They have a, a nice vernacular where they can say a lot of nice words and put words together very well. But in order to perform a piece, and this is the fine line between writing and performance, when you perform that piece to bring those other extra nuances to the piece that you wouldn't normally get. And for you to be able to do that, and I've seen you do it consistently, wow, it's, it's profound. And and I'm going to take pointers because I, I really work from that avenue in my poetry. Like, I use the word conjure because when I write, I, I write from a very emotional point of view. Like things have to affect me in order for me to write about it. If I'm not, if I'm not concerned about it, it's hard for me to get sit down and say, oh, just write a poem about Jello. Like Jello had to really affect me in a way for me to say, all right, I'm going to put pen to paper about Jello, you know? So I'm, 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 I'm that type of writer. And I got some pieces where I go into like characterization pieces or, or even personification pieces where I change my voice. I change my persona like everything about me change and those pieces are very draining. And when I see you do what you do, I'm like, wow, you make those transitions. So like effortlessly. And maybe that's because you went to school or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but the way you do it, it just seems so seamless the way you do it. And you're able to like really put that emotion into the piece where it needs to be. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But, uh, I want to, I want to get, yes, I want to get into another piece of yours. I want to get into another piece. So let you come back to the stage and um, spit another piece for the people. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome for Go Find Mars. So something kind of embarrassing. Apparently, when I was a bit, little baby, I was like really ready to talk, but you know, like my teeth would not grow for shit. And I mean, I was ready to talk, but it was like people would pretend like I could, and you know, they'd be like, what the, what the, what the? and my mom was super worried and went to the doctor, and the doctor said some BS, like, oh, it's just me, and she's smart. Like, what does my teeth have to do with my intelligence? And then my dad also accidentally hit my head (laughs) against a brick wall. (laughs) And, you know, apparently I was okay after that. But, you know, congratulations to my dad for being the first person to give me trauma. And so now I'm obsessed with guys who hurt me. So most of my life, I've sort of walked around with this looming thought in my head that, you know, something could be wrong. I mean... I did fine in school and stuff, but still this looming thought that there could be something wrong. And honestly, by 15, I started feeling like I should go back to the doctor. So it should be no surprise when I say that I'd like that for once my heart didn't do all the thinking and that my feelings didn't do all the hearing and that my hearing didn't do all the seeing and that my seeing didn't all the believing and shit. 
here comes my ignorance making some decisions. And that's where my ego, it just tell me I'm wrong. It tell me I did not just shoot myself in the head by being with you. <laughs> and I'm laughing because <laughs> I felt like a clown trying to juggle between my mind, body, and spirit with you. I decided to give you my body. I opened up the gates of my rib cage and placed it into my heart space. I thought if I took off my clothes, you would see how my heart would beat through my chest. You'd perhaps fall from my vulnerability. And how silly of me to listen to my heart. It's on the left. It's never right. Plus, I'm directionally challenged anyway. Now I'm lost. Now you've got lost in my head. It's stepping on my nerves. Now I have to get all messy, dig a hole, and bury my feelings. And now I got to hope I can find a good therapist who's also an archaeologist so they can dig up the fossils of my traumas. Because, Lord... Time has not healed these wounds fast enough. I can never hold on to emotions because they usually end up slipping through the cracks dripping from my mouth like now. My mouth became more like a cage for my voice. My jaw clenching through its truth. It's bleeding. I've been biting my tongue trying to chew my words. So when I do speak, my tongue is chiseled. My Sharpened by my teeth, and I'm not responsible for the daggers that come out of me. They might cut you, but I won't take responsibility. I'm hoping for my pen to run dry of writing about you. Every poem, every story has been about you. It is as if I'm trying to rewrite the truth about you. You were a story I never wanted to write. Every period, punctuation stabs me right back into the heart. I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say is all I wanted from you was for you to love me. Dope, dope, dope. That's what I mean right there. That's exactly what I'm talking about, how it's so seamless. It's it's conversational, but it's like, it's, it's not in a form of like you would say, oh, these are stanzas and everything and everything like that, that nature. But it's spoken word and um, it's beautifully like conveyed like that poem right there. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure my audience didn't know when it started, when it began, when it ended. They didn't know. They didn't know that the piece started when you started from the beginning, when you start talking about when you was a baby and you tried to talk. See, it's, it's called misdirection and misdirection is the key, you know what I'm saying, to wowing and wooing people. When you see magicians on stage and they do something amazing, it's because of mis misdirection. Like put my attention over here, but really over here, the trick is going on. And um, you, you, my sister, man, you are you are phenomenal. You are very it's like it's a fresh of breath. It's like a fresh a, a, a breath of fresh air to to see an artist take the extremes that they take, you know what I'm saying, and conveying their art. So, you know, kudos to you, my sister. Dope. Tell us about that Thanks. piece, though. Tell, tell us a little bit about that piece, the construction of it. Because I want to know how did you sit down and start writing that? Like, I would have never, like, started my poem, like, yeah, you know, when I was a baby and everything, and, da, 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 and they just go into the piece. Like, how did you use that as an intro? Like, talk to us, <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm definitely had some transformations when I went to college. So I can't say I've always regretted this. Um, mm. I'm, I am going to give college this credit, even though I don't want to give it fully credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with the word, but I'm also obsessed with how people approach things and start things off. Um, and with that being said, I think of every piece as how I was. Well, not everything I was taught in college, because if I did, I feel like everybody was like, what's going on <laughs> <laughs> now? But I think it'd be worse. But writing that, I always want to feel like I'm having a conversation with someone and we're having a conversation over a cup of like tea, if that makes mm. sense. Um, 
but also on top of that, I'm a storyteller. Mm. I'm going to try to find a different way to tell you something instead of just like saying it. Mm. Um, and on top of that, I was imagining I was probably approached by some guy or something asking what's up. And at some point, I'm talking to him, but then I'm somehow talking to my dad mm. at some point. Mm. The perspective kind of changes or who I'm actually talking to. And I just went with it. Mm. That's deep, man. It's, it's unique the way you approach it. Because constructing a poem like that is like it seemed from the outside looking in. From, from a person who's not an artist, it would seem like, oh, you know what I'm saying? You, they don't see the techni- the technicalities of what's going on in this poem. It's a lot of different nuances in this poem that you got to really be able to listen to to catch, you know? Like the even the aspect, what's the parallel between you being a baby and you, you, you was talking, but you wasn't able to talk. You didn't have no teeth in your mouth, but you still trying to talk. You know what I mean? There's a parallel in there between that and the actual poem as well. So it's like it's so many different nuances in this poem that you would sit down and listen to it and be like, wow, this was profound the way she put it together like that. And everything was deliberate. You know, it it wasn't a freestyle. That wasn't a freestyle. That wasn't something that was like off the dome. That was deliberate. And when you are love of the art, you can sit back and you really appreciate you know, the effort that it took to write that, you know, put in that perspective. I, I guess you're, you're one of those poets that, that like to put little gems in a poetry and see if any, anybody catch them or little, you know what I'm saying? Little Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to put a little Easter egg over here and see if anybody stumble upon it. That's, it, it's profound, man. Why do you write like that? <laughs> <laughs> Once I graduated college, um, I was confused as an artist. And, uh, but I knew that, I remember I liked poetry. I actually stopped writing poetry for a bit during mm. that time. Uh, maybe not the whole time in college, but at some point I was like, what is poetry? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remembered when I was studying Shakespeare and Shakespeare is considered a poet, right? Mm-hmm. But he writes a little quick monologues, though, right? That's right. But why can't I? Mm. Not going to write a full play, maybe someday in the future, but I'm just saying, why can't I do that? Mm. And um, at the time, I was trying to um, write some monologues, but they ended up turning into poems. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I slowly started to uh, write like that and stuff. And at the time, I was also, I wanted to make a short film I never did. It's okay. Mm. Maybe some other time in my life. It'll happen. Um, And I was trying to glide uh, poetic language in the scripts, like in the Mm. scripts, like the dialogue. Yeah. And I feel like it just rubbed off from there. And I was just like, why am I restricting myself from like Mm. making my pieces the way I want to? And not to necessarily critique people per se, but I was like, if I do it the way other people do it, I'm not going to feel like me, mm. if that makes sense. It makes all the sense. Because it, it, it's crazy, right? You use Shakespeare as an example. And I remember I did this workshop with this professor at, uh, I believe he was at NYU. And uh, I did a workshop. And in the workshop, we was going over Shakespeare. We was going over uh, um, Caesar, Julius Caesar. And um, there's a scene, there's a scene in there where he challenged everybody to write to write it over, to write the scene over. But what he wanted people to do, he wanted people to like bring that whole entire scene, you know, in modern day language. 
and um, you know, like rewrite the storyline, but make it right. modern. You don't have to even use the same premise that was in Shakespeare's, but you can use a different premise. You can, you know, swap out, you know, the subject for something else or whatever you wanted to do, but you had to like get the sentiment of what Shakespeare was saying in his piece, but just rewrite it. So everybody in the class, they was doing modern versions of what Shakespeare wrote. So me being the person that I am, I decided, I said, I want to challenge myself and I want to see, can I do it? So I wrote the whole entire script, that whole scene, the, the whole scene, I wrote it over, but I didn't write it in modern day language. I wrote it in Shakespearean language and just, and redid it though. The whole dialogue is different, but it still maintained the same sentiment of what he was talking about and i changed i changed a whole bunch of different soliloquies in there and um it was the scene where mark anthony was trying this is when they just killed caesar they just killed them and he was trying to get them mark anthony was talking to the people and was telling them that yo they was like yo mark anthony yo tell them that caesar was a piece of crap and yo he had to go and all that because that that was his friend so Mark Anthony went up there and he said what they wanted him to say, but he did it in a condescending way to make the people really look at them like, yo, y'all murderers. You know what I mean? But he he fulfilled everything they wanted him to say. But I did that. I took that challenge to try to write it there and, and to do that. And it was a it was a it was a big challenge. But by you saying the way you approach your pieces like that, it's phenomenal. Because it's so much, it's like, it's so much meat left on the bone when you're, when you're dealing with poetry, when you want to approach it traditionally, or you want to approach it the way everybody else is approaching it. But when you take that, say, I'm going to take the side and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to, I'm going to be creative. And you have, you know, art, man. And that's what you do, man. I'm I'm a fan of your pen. And I, I don't say that to everyone and everyone don't get that. That, that accolade for me. But I am a fan of your pen and, and I'm a fan of your performance, the way you perform your work. Because when I caught your interview, <laughs> when I caught your interview with, uh, with, with Willie Washington, <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, yo, when did the poem, when did the poem start? Yo, I had to go back about two or three times because I said, did I miss it? Did I miss the intro of the poem? And then I was like, yo, this was deliberate. This was deliberate. It was messing even Willie up. I was like, yo, this is, yo, she's dope. I was like, she's dope. What she's doing is deliberate and is making it seem like it's conversational. It's like, it's seamless. It's seamless. You didn't know when the poet, when the, when the, when the poem actually started. It's one other poet that I've seen do that. And it inspired me to write one of one of the poems that I have. That's a famous poem of mine called Ride With My Father. And it was this guy. I went to an open mic. I really don't even remember his name, but I remember that performance. And he did a poem about his dad. But you never knew when that poem started. Like they, 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 they got him on the stage and he started talking and we thinking that he's going to talk and he's like, this is a poem about my dad and all that. And he's talking for about like three minutes before anybody realized that we were, we were actually in the poem. And I thought that was phenomenal. And since then, I've never seen anyone do that except for you. This is the first person, you're the first person, and this was many moons ago. I want to say this was back in like 2008. This was this was years ago. It was an open mic that I was mm-hmm. at, and um, he, I believe he was one of the features. But it moved me. His performance moved me, and I was like, I want to be able to do that with my work. I want to be able to, you know, make it to the point where, you know, they don't know where it's coming from. And I think that's what makes you dynamic. Dope, man. Dope, dope. Let's give it one more round of applause for this sister. <laughs> so tell us, tell us. Where are you going now? We know we, we got a project coming up. You said next year we'll be, we'll be looking out for that. But like, what, what do you want to achieve with your work? 
Like, what's the ultimate end game? Like, where you want to take this? Because you have the potential to really be, you know, big. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying this lightly. I'm talking about like your words and the way you put things together. It, it means something. And uh, I think you really have a career in this. Like, where do you see this going? Um, in terms of my life, I would, I'm leaning towards wanting to eventually create plays mm. or having my, like, one woman show or two person show, whatever it may be. Um, I hope to have more integrations of, like, my other mediums that I like to do, like, I've already kind of have some ideas on how I can integrate them. It's just, it's going to take me some time, but I hope to even have even more books someday in the future. Mm. Um, I'm not worried about being on the big screen or per se. I just want to have the ability to map out the worlds that, I want to create for people. Like I love creating like atmospheric mm. things. Like for example, I feel like I try to achieve that with my photography, for instance. Like I could take you to another place with mm. my work. <laughs> Not Indeed. trying to sound like, you know, I'm like, I could take you somewhere cockily, but I mean in the sense like I really do. I put in things that I know is gonna transport someone mm. somewhere else. Mm. And you can see the connection. You can see the correlation between your photography with your poetry as well. You know, it seemed like you use everything, you know, and that's what you're supposed to do. Like, like put everything in that stew. Don't just you know what I'm saying. You got salt and pepper, man. Put some garlic powder in there, too, man. It's going to help. And you putting everything into this this mix, man. And it's coming out like a work of art, like, you know, a magnificent gumbo. Now, you, you say you're based out in Chicago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, how has, like, being, like, you was born and raised in Chicago? Yes. So how has been, like, Chicago is on my bucket list. Like, I really appreciate the poets out of Chicago. As far as, like, poetry, the spoken word scene in, in Chicago, uh, I really dig their work, you know? Like, Malik Youssef. Malik Youssef is out of um, um, Chicago, and he's a very influential artist that um that I find that his work is is profound to me. You know what I'm saying? When I hear his work, and you got a, a few more artists out there in Chicago that they just bring a certain sound. So, how has you know living in Chicago affected your poetry? Yeah, that part. Um, I mean, the main reason why I'm even in here, in terms of like being a spoken word artist was my experience when I did uh, Louder Than a Bomb growing up. And I think that experience kind of let me know, like, well, one, like, oh, I could definitely go up there and say whatever I want. Not literally, but, mm. you know, I could do some things and say some things and see my peers and stuff do that had a huge impact on me mm. as well. Cause they were saying some stuff that when I was younger, I was mm. like half of the people that I have now build myself up to that. So my first pieces though, they were like testing the water, I guess if you want to say mm. like, what can I feel comfortable saying? Um, but the vulnerability that people have, it wasn't really like the pen. It wasn't really how much wordplay they have, how many metaphors they had. It was like literally their vulnerability mm. to be able to like say something, mm. you know? And that's been my biggest and like my biggest influence in terms of like being here in the city. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's deep, man. Because, you know, like, when you're dealing with, you talking about vulnerability, comedians, you know, comedians, you find that the the best of the comedians, the, the, the comedians that leave their mark the most were the most vulnerable. 
you know, the most ones, the ones that let people in on into their lives and say, oh, I'm going to make fun about it and look, look at me, you know, so vulnerability and it translates through poetry as well. You know, the more vulnerable you are, the more likely you find someone resonating with you. A, a lot of the times when people, they got a poem and they're so concerned about sounding slick or sounding fly with the poem, you know, they lose the sentiment of the poem. And um, it gets lost in translation. Whereas you have an individual who's connected with that sentiment, that emotion that 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 poem was written in, in that vein, and then they deliver it to you, you resonate with it. And you'll find those poets, they go all out. They'll cry in the poem. You know, they'll they'll yell if they have to. Like one of, uh, a good friend of mine, um, Slangston Hughes, phenomenal artist, phenomenal artist. He has this one... Uh, this one poem called Freedom. And this this poem, Freedom, is like, it's, that poem is everything. But it's the part at the end when he, he, just, he, he, he just lets out this yelp, this scream, this, and it, when he do it, it's like all that emotion, that anguish, that, that frustration, it comes out with it. And, um, I just thought that was profound. You know what I'm saying? Being to be to be able to be that vulnerable. You know, you'll find artists that would get on the stage and won't do that. Or I might look like I'm crazy, you know what I'm saying? But the fact that he did that shows his vulnerability and say, I'll do anything I need to do to make you understand that I mean what I'm saying to you, you know? And uh, I find that in your work as well. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. It's a rare breed. It's not... Everybody don't possess it. Everybody don't have it. Everybody don't even get it. You know, everybody knows what I'm going to do that for. You know what I'm saying? Everybody don't get it. But, you know, words, words heal and words, you know, poets, I believe that poets have the biggest responsibility. We, we hold a lot of different responsibilities. We, we're like the news, the newscast. We, we report the news of what's going on in society. We bring awareness to different things that's happening in the society. So, Poets, they bear that responsibility, but also poets have the ability to either heal you or destroy you with words. Words are powerful. And uh, when you use your words to heal people, when you use your words to bring some type of awareness to someone so where they can understand, you know, life in a, a little better, you know, they can understand their circumstances a little better. You're doing a service for the world. And um, I see that you are dedicated, my sister. You are dedicated. I can see that in your work. And um, we appreciate you. We definitely appreciate you. All right, now, you done did, how many pieces you did? You did two pieces so far, right? You got two yeah. more for me. So uh, let's get into your next piece. We'll talk about that, and then we'll get into your final piece before we end the show. But uh, let me bring you back to the stage. Coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for our sister, Kofan Mars. I heard he sang the good song. I heard he had a style. And so I came. The heavenless and alive. And there he was, this young boy, a stranger to my eye. Listen to the lyrics. I let him strum and tug at my heartstrings and play me as if I was some sad love song where he sung me lies. And I danced like a fool. The words have tattooed to my subconscious, and if I'm being honest, everything he said would replay like a broken record in my head. Things I wanted to hear. He had a way with his fingers, you see, decorated time and space as he skated over backbeats. 
He had a way with his fingers, you see. He'd even strum me. And with every note, I'd come and come and come to my senses and come to realize I wasn't listening to his lyrics. Me and my selective hearing, his dirty hands grasping at my spirits. I mean, listen to the lyrics. I even sung along with him. A nice slow jam burning through a guitar, a guitar embroidering time and space. Sounds etched to my brain, voice tickling. And now there seems to be so much me in your silence. But I don't like the tune. Sounds I did like include your grunts, moans, laughter, your voice. My thoughts start to f in the void. Wow. You put me, you had me over here in a zone. So descriptive. Like, damn, like the so many different descriptions you put in that poem, man. It's like I know, like I know this individual personally. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, man. <laughs> this is right. This is poetry in its in its in its purest form. Expression. Expression. And the way you choose to express, man, is profound. Damn, man. Take us through that poem a little bit right there. Because you use the Lauren Hill, you know, interlude. And you come through and you sing the joint like we ain't going to talk about you You just blowing Lauren Hill like it was nothing over here. We ain't going to talk about that. You know, you set the mood nice, you know. But tell us a little bit about this poem right here and what, and what inspired it. And what inspired it. I am a little bit of a Lauren Hill fanatic. Not that much a fanatic. Mm. I'm sure someone knows way more than me, but I will give her credit as one of my inspirations mm. in terms of my whole life. <laughs> mm, I feel you. Um, man, I used to listen to man. I mean, I have a whole piece on this education. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I won't be giving that piece today, but I do have a whole piece, um, not necessarily fully about everything that she talked about, but um, that's part of the inspiration. Um, I love that song um, mm. that I was singing. That that yeah, that whole that whole album is like one of my top top albums ever, all time. And um, that I don't wrote so much poetry off that album. It's crazy. Like I'll go through phases and and write poems and then come back years later and write new sets of poems just hearing that album again in perspective. That album right there really taught me about love. And uh I like that album right there is a, is one interlude when she's talking about when when the teacher was like, "Yo, what is love?" and the the students was like, "You know, you know, they was giving their little definitions of love and then there was one it was one girl who just, she just broke it down. And she was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? They, when they say they around you, when they say they love you, when they get around their friends, they acting all different and all that. They can't love you. You know what I'm saying? Like that part right there, man. Like it's, that was a dope album. And it's crazy because your, 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 your mannerisms and your, you know, you got a certain chill with you. There's a certain type of chill that you got that I, that I, I feel off rip. It's not like you one of those real, ah, I'm all over the place type people. It's like you, you one of those people that you stay in the vibe and I'm in the vibe right here. I'm enjoying the moment. And you got that type of mannerism of like, of Lauren, you know, like when Lauren did her unplugged, she was very, very vulnerable. And, and that, and that, joint get you know people they critique it oh that wasn't the best lauren to me that was that was the best version when she got intimate and raw with her audience and let them in and um 
it showed who she was as as an artist. So I, I definitely dig where you're coming from because I resonate with Lauren as well. And um, she's definitely a powerful spirit, a powerful, a powerful spirit that understands something and that can teach you a little something. But uh, dope, man. Dope piece, man. Dope. I actually heard that piece, Miseducation, that you did. And it was dope. I heard that piece before from a, another show that I was watching an interview with you that you did, and um, it was profound. But yeah, Queen, you got it, man. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need to see some books. I really do, man. And I know you ain't into the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to be famous, but like, words like yours need to be recorded, man. It got to be recorded, and the and the people got to, you know, have a piece of something that. They they can walk with, cause everybody don't have that that ability to do it, and um, obviously you do it so well, man. So shout out to you, man. Kudos to you, Queen. All right, so this is what we gonna do, cause you know that we coming to the end of the show, so I do have to make some announcements. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make some announcements and play some some um, words from our sponsors. And then I'm going to set the stage back up for you to, to deliver your final piece. And then we'll let everybody know where they can find you, where they can support you, because that's what we have to do as poets. You know what I'm saying? Being black is one thing. You know what I'm saying? We should support each other, you know, regardless, you know, in anything we're doing, support each other in it. But the poetry, you know, uh, family, you know, we have to embrace our poets, man. We have to, we really have to embrace our poets because a lot of the rappers, a lot of the, 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 you know what I'm saying? These singers and things of that nature that's talking about nothing, that's talking about just detrimental stuff to our community. They get all the shine, they get all the money and the accolades, but it's the artist that's reminding people who they are, you know, finding their identity and just coping with life. They get shunned and they get, you know what I'm saying? They get the... There's the short end of the stick. So we have to support our artists. So, you know, we're going to be looking out for Go Find Mars, man. And um, and when she do drop this project next year, we're definitely going to support it. We're definitely going to support it. So let me get let me get these messages out the way. First, we on Clubhouse. Spoken Soul Sessions is officially on Clubhouse. We there now. Iron sharpens iron. We're there every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, every other Wednesday, we have the Aftercast show, which is the aftermath of the podcast. So the Tuesday show, you know, usually we deal with any topic we want to deal with that day. But uh, we we starting to do on Clubhouse the aftercast where you guys go listen to the podcast. And for the first hour of that show, we um, we talk about the podcast. And then after that, we open up the mic for open mic. So um, that show has been doing great as well. So I want to remind you guys to check us out. Spoken Soul Sessions on Clubhouse. We are definitely there. A dope, dope platform. All right. One more message from one of our sponsors. And we'll be right back after this. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at InnerChildPress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage to perform her final piece, let's give a warm, warm welcome for our sister, Go Find Mars. When you look at my body, 
I want you to see an hourglass so that you would know not to waste my time. When you look into my eyes, I want you to be mesmerized so that you'd be reminded to focus. And when you look at my walk, I want you to see that I have perfected this walk so that if I walk away from you, it is with confidence, like I mean it. And when I talk, I want you to hear a melody so that you may actually want to listen to me. And when I smile, I want to see art so that you may see my value. And when I breathe, I want you to see that my life takes effort to live. Now, some of these things I want you to see don't necessarily exist. Now, when I say no, or I am silent, I want you to see a human being with feelings and emotions because it doesn't matter what I look like or how I sound. Respect me. When I pause, I want you to know that you took time away from me. Of course, I will be frozen because my mind will be stuck on the past and what you did. So when you see me, I want you to see me. It's not about what you want to see, taste, smell, hear, feel, touch, do. You don't need to touch me to see me, to understand me. I'm not a line of braille. Wow. Wow. I am not a line of braille. Wow. That first, the first, the very first line in that piece, man, you said, I don't, I want you to look at me as an hourglass so you know not to waste my time. Wow, B. You don't have to touch me to feel me. I'm not Braille. That's what you said? Mm-hmm. Wow. Profound, man. Profound play on words, imagery, and um, very, very vocal, a vocal piece. Vocal piece about respect, you know, and about boundaries. And um, profound, sister. Profound, man. You see this queen, you respect this queen, man. You respect this, you you respect this queen and you know that you're in the presence of royalty. Profound peace, sister. Profound peace. I want to thank you, man. I want to thank you for coming and spending this time with me, coming to the studio and um sharing your art, sharing your experiences and your wisdom with my audience. I really appreciate you taking that time out. I know you're busy. I know you're doing a lot of things and um, I'm very appreciative. You know, let the people know where they can find you or how they can support you. What can they do? You know, whether it's, you know, going, going, purchasing something or supporting an event you're doing, like how can we support you? What can we do? Um, So, I don't have a website yet, but eventually. Uh, for now, you can follow me on Instagram. Mm. Go find Mars. One word. Yeah, go find Mars, man. She got the little Martian icon up there. You know, it's very unique. It's very, <laughs> it's very unique. And uh, yo, y'all plug in, man. Y'all tap in. Y'all check in with her. I mean, she's definitely worth the follow. She's definitely worth the follow, man. Check out some of her live performances. And uh, you be on Clubhouse as well. So yeah, check out. Yeah, check out on Clubhouse, man. She be coming through, knocking down stages, man. So. You know, get in tune with this system, man. It's not very often that we find this caliber of artists. So when we do find them, we have to support them, man. We have to support them and get this work out there, man. Profound job, man. Beautiful sister. You're a beautiful spirit. And uh, I really appreciate you coming through, spending this time with us and sharing your your gift with us. Well, I I also want to thank you for having me. And I also want to thank your listeners for tuning in. Very, very much. I am gratitude. Most definite, my sister. Most definite. All right. All right. All right. This is that time when I need you to come in, come in and get in tune with the sound of my voice. Usually I have my my music on when I'm doing this, but there's been some technical difficulties with my, you know, my royalty free music. You know, I'm going through a little dispute right now. But in any event, tune in to the sound of my voice. And I need you to understand, I need you to understand, today 
is the day that we shine. If you want anything to happen today, you're supposed to start it yesterday. You want your future brighter tomorrow, then it's right now, this moment, this moment that you got to start. And it's never too late. It's never too late for you to change who you are. It's never too late to change the way you think. And if you change the way you think, in essence, you change who you are. If you don't know anything about me, if you don't know anything about me, I want you to know this. Know that I love you. And I hope you love me too. Peace.